What's up, weirdos? It's Casey Coop. And I read a goddamn book for this episode of Casey's Freak Show podcast. It's a big deal. <laughs> That's because my guest today is the really rad Logan Pierce, a.k.a. pen name J.R. Verlin, a.k.a. just Jacob, which I have hella stage names and pen names, too. <laughs> I've got to like track. three. Yeah. Um, he's a porn star who won the AVN for Best Newcomer, is currently nominated for Best Actor, AVN, and he just penned his own novel, Between the Sheets, Rise of a Working Stick. I can't express how much I love having fellow sex workers on the freak show because there's just so much to fucking relate on. Your book was so relatable, even though I don't do porn. Let's just get mm-hmm. into it. All right, let's do it. I'm so excited. Um, So I just want to kick off like where the book sort of kicks off. Like, can you talk about the first porn you watched growing up? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there, there were a few, actually. In, in the book, there's just one tape, but actually the... Uh, the chest where I found my first porno had like a handful of tapes. Oh shit! And I remember their names too. One was called <laughs> Trim and Proper. Oh, you can imagine a little a little tight bush going on. Uh, one was called The Adventures of Peeping Tom, and one was called Real Amateur Sex. It's some <laughs> arbitrary number, but like you know, I saw it at such a uh, a young age that it kind of just stuck with me, and you know, like for the rest of my life, I'll never get those images out of my head. Me too. No. <laughs> I remember my first porno. It was it was such a funny experience. It was me and my three best friends, two girls and a gay guy. Um, we sat in a dark one of their bedroom their bedrooms, and we all sat up like far from each other. And we put the uh-huh, VHS yeah. into the TV. And of course, the male porn star had like this '80s long hair. My friend like found the VHS in her brother's trash. Oh, I was just can. gonna ask. Wow. So yeah, yeah. He's he like, had, this is trash. I don't yeah, want this. Like, and we were <laughs> like. Watch this. We all passed that VHS around. Like we took oh, yeah. turns. Like I would, we would take turns masturbating to I mean, it. That's a pretty common thing, really, because even before VHS, there'd be the magazines that would be passed around. Oh yeah, you know, and then the novellas that would be passed around, and it's like a, it's a communal thing. In my life, it was very mm-hmm. private, but you know, if you start watching it with friends, I guess you would share it. But Isn't that I funny? I wanted to keep it to friends. myself. I was afraid. Yeah, I felt I felt really dirty every time I watched it, but I was so addicted to the high of getting off on it. Oh, I yeah. mean, I'd always use Absolutely. my imagination before, which now my imagination is just completely shot. Like and with it's, the internet, it's yeah, dead. anything you can imagine is already there. So and then, then you some. Look for it. Yeah, yeah. I remember as a kid, you know, when I first started uh, masturbating, I thought that. I thought two things. One, I thought that it, it emitted like a high pitched frequency that only my parents could hear. <laughs> so I would try to do it very yes. quietly, yes. very quickly. And I was just so scared yeah. that they would come in and go like, Jacob, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. You know? And I was, I was raised Catholic too. So Oh God, that, I didn't know that. You had the, the Catholic too. guilt. Oh, yeah, exactly. So from day one, I was like, okay, this is bad. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. it's bad. It's it's sinful to do this. And like then, you're going to hell if you... Yeah, like if I get caught or... And then the second thing I, I thought was that if I did it too much, I would run out of... Uh, I mean, for me, yeah, I'd run out. Like, I thought that there was... (laughs) Your dick would break. Because, you know, you're only supposed to have sex for uh, procreation. So Mm -hmm. if you wasted it with masturbation... You can't have kids anymore. God won't bless you with more yeah, seed. Yeah, I was so scared, but I loved the feeling, so Me I couldn't too. stop doing it. Oh my God, from my earliest uh. memories as a kid, I was a chronic masturbator. Like, I didn't know that I, what I was doing, but I would watch Jasmine on Aladdin and Jasmine and just like, <laughs> just like lay yeah. on my hand, and I didn't know what was going on, but I loved uh. it so much. And whenever, like, I had kind of, you know, a tumultuous upbringing, so just I'd hide away in my bedroom and just 
Mm. masturbate like forever and I felt so much guilt for years and years and years but it's a great escape it was such a great escape so for me porn and oh my gosh so the internet obviously like MySpace was taking off I think you're around the same age as me when I was like 16 MySpace kind of took off Um, I'm 29 so yeah yeah, yeah, it was around that age that like I discovered um like the written porn online that was before like oh yeah porn porn because the the family computer was in the living room but i could get away with watching or reading the porn goes to bed and then i would they'd be right behind me all the time like my brothers and dad would be sitting behind me but i would just be like reading pornography i just remember like that erotica.com you just well yeah you ever doing that yeah no but i don't know that was that was my jam for sure Really? Yeah. Did you read be that? Short bef- stories, user submitted stories. No, the first thing I saw was VHS. Okay. So yeah, that, that was my first introduction. But then once I I knew what it was and I knew what people did, then I started discovering stories, and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I can feel the same way through the written word. Oh yeah, you did actually talk about that in your book. I now I remember very that. briefly, but that was the beginning. Also, yeah. that what I don't talk about is how that. Uh, in a lot of ways, was the first time that I was affected by literature. You really? Know? That you because felt I, it? I wasn't reading books at that age. Really? And then I found porn, but it was all, <laughs> it was all you know, literatica. I kind of, I think that was it, what it I, the, my the website I was reading, now that I remember, then I think about yeah, it. That, that'll always be with me. I'll never get that out of my head. I would, I would search I feel like those painted like more of a picture for me than actual porn did, mm-hmm. because my imagination just went fucking wild. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, because you didn't have the images and, you know, the faces and the bodies. You just had to piece it together in your head. And Yeah. So you talk a lot about having this intense fascination with porn from a young age, and even before you moved out to L.A., ever did a scene, you kind of did your research. Do you think this was always yeah. in the cards for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, while I kept it a secret for the most part, you know, f- with like my family and mm-hmm. and other people, I, I did tell friends and, and ex-girlfriends from a very young age, you know, since I was 14, mm-hmm. I would tell them that this is what I want to do. And I was even taking photos of myself and, you know, my partners at the time from that age onward so it was like it was already part of me whether or not yeah. I knew that it would actually come to fruition part of me knew that I wanted to at least try I kind of have know? the same I can relate and well ever since I was a young kid wanting to do stand up like I mm-hmm. before that was ever because stand up is like such a weird no one picks it as a career field right especially from a young age you can't like tell your classmates out there like you're weird that's not a thing yeah. but also <laughs> you can't be weird professionally I was <laughs> obsessed with strippers like I yeah. was so obsessed with sex workers and I didn't know why. I think because they're they're so taboo and we grew up in these suburban neighborhoods and where mm. I grew up was like pretty conservative and pretty religious. Yeah, yeah, me too. So anything too. taboo was like that much more interesting to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. And that's that's the greatest irony of it is when you're not allowed to see it or or participate in it or or anything like that, when it's kept mm-hmm. away from you. You want it more. Oh, so much more. And you'll go more. so far beyond like the realms of, <laughs> of what you should be doing to acquire it because you just want it that badly. Oh, yeah. Down and, the rabbit hole. Totally. Yeah, and, and that's, that's really what happened. I think that's reading your story and your book. I just relate to so many parts of it. Um, I want to ask you, how was your transition moving to L.A. from, was it Philly? Uh, the suburbs of Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like your, your basic... Uh, blue collar suburban mm-hmm. East Coast neighborhood. 
uh, what was what was the transition like? You talk about how you feel kind of like you made it. Like you came to the city. I remember in the book, you made these buddies. You were interning for a company that was the ruse of you moving out to L.A. to your family. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and for that whole semester, I was going to school. I was interning. Uh, how old but were you? I was you? still doing this. I was 21. You were 21, 21 and you came out old. here to intern yeah. and you were like, bye, fam. Like, you're like, I'll be back. Well, because exactly. And it's funny looking back, imagining my parents and, and what they were thinking when I packed up the car, <laughs> you know, with everything. It was packed to the Oh, your, your parents didn't think that was suspicious? No. They, they, they fully <laughs> thought that I was going to drive back. And, like, you know, in the back of my mind, it was what? always an option because if porn didn't work out and, you know, mm-hmm. it turns out I couldn't do the job, then, okay, I'll drive back. But You were going to dabble. I, I remember yeah, exactly. when I was considering stripping for the first time, like seriously considering it, and I talked to all my male comic friends because that's who I was around at the time. And everyone's like, ooh, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Most uh-huh. people were like that, I, probably because I was, like, falling apart and they thought I would die, which, yeah, very <laughs> good assumption yeah. there. Um, um, they were you right. Came back, but like the phoenix. Yes, I, I was re rebirthed uh-huh. through sex work. I was, um, but I remember telling myself like, okay, I'm gonna try it. I've always wanted to do it. I have this like obsession with it, and if I don't like it, I'll just fucking quit. I'll just go back to restaurants. Like exactly, no big deal. Yeah. So but you you'll never like, know until you do it. And yeah. with that, especially you, you can't just like you can't half-ass it. You really just have to dive in head first and. You know, f- learn the hard way whether or not you like whether it. or not you like it because you. I feel like it was so on your mind for so many years that you're like, I can't not. The opportunity was there, yeah. For yeah, me, so for me were... to walk away from it and not even try, my whole life would just be plagued. You, you know, just always be wondering. Yeah, and yeah. I would not be able to. I don't think I would fit well back in that society had mm-hmm. I not tried because. Oh yeah, I'd be I... keeping a secret from everyone. You know, and I would just be like secretly obsessing about yeah. one day, one day. <laughs> oh, maybe if things were different. Or but. you'll just be old as fuck looking back like, why didn't I use my dick and my body and like all that shit? Well, I still had it. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, of course. Like, I always think that like I regret is the worst possible thing to me. Humiliating myself ain't nothing compared to regret. Like, I will not, you know, pass up a situation I really am interested in. Yeah. And like, you know, while it has opened a lot of doors, it's also closed a lot of doors. So totally, I'm in, in really a lot of ways. That. Like, okay, well, part of my life that I, a, a, like a, a future that I could have had is no longer mm-hmm. even ever attainable. Like, I wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, I could never do that. Which is interesting because, like, sitting across the room from you, you have this demeanor and even a look about you with your button-up shirt and just the way you carry yourself. That is like a fuck, like a high, like a cool high school teacher that I would have been down with. You know, yeah, I wanted to be an English teacher. Yeah, that's so. I was just talking to a fucking a girl who had to quit the strip club a year ago. She has a real job now. She's on the podcast, um, Dixie, and she said she got hired at a new office that she wanted to work at, but they found out about her stripping past, which mm. she'd always been open about online, yeah. and. Like that's not even pornography. That's just dancing, and they know, they no they wouldn't let her have the that, job. Right? Um, like there's no, they can't just. There might be some video out on, there, on YouTube, I but, guess, but they denied her the job after that. They hired her, and then they were like, actually, never mind. That's crazy. Isn't that like and it's heartbreaking? Not even a full nude bar. No, it's not. She's you know? done nude in the past, but uh, it's but just still, heartbreaking. Like, why? Why is that? Why? A I guess what what I've experienced is that it's a distraction. Is that if you're in a more like quote unquote professional setting and they find out that you have this really interesting, you know, sex driven background, that's all that's going to be on people's minds. That's true. They, and, people and they get just, very nosy they, about that. Exactly. Stuff. And they just don't want to run the risk of, I don't know, I guess 
upsetting other coworkers because they're in the same vicinity as you or That's so crazy to me. When we really break break down like the resistance of normal civilians to I mean, sex, for you it must be workers. must be ten times harder. Just in what way? Just as a woman. You know, like as as a man in in today's society, mm-hmm. when people find out what I do, it's not really met with like, oh well, you were probably forced into it. Yeah. Or, or, oh, oh, that was a that must have been a last resort. You know, if people yeah. are like, wow, did you always want to do that? That's a, that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, they they say. Oh, I was gonna ask you. Yeah, so, what do people ask praise. you when you have to come out of the closet as a sex worker? What do they say uh, usually? Idiotic stuff. Yeah, they always fucking. It's so say annoying. Out. It's always like. You know, like to every party I go to, I I try to, I mean, I like partying, but I try to avoid most parties because the second people find out what I do, it's like, oh, hey, bro, have you ever fucked this girl? Have you ever fucked that girl? Yeah. Like, and while, no, yes, no. And they're like, oh, what's, what's it like? Like, what's like the craziest thing you've ever done? Yeah. It's like, I don't want to, listen. I'll entertain you, but I do not want to talk about this. And, like, I become just a circus act. Yeah, people are so fucking invasive when they find out you're a sex worker. And the I last guess... questions they would never ask a coworker, mm-hmm, no. a friend, just Mm-mm. because, yeah, because we are sex workers now. I mean, I am literally an open book, but. Yeah, like, <laughs> quite literally. But, like, they will just stop what they're doing to just probe into your life and ask really sometimes embarrassing questions in front yeah. of a lot of people as if, like, our feelings are invalid mm-hmm. or I think it's because sex workers are always like invalid. relegated to less than people. Like we're yeah, objects yeah. to them. So they're gonna treat us like objects. It's really crazy the things people ask. Um I was gonna ask you also, sorry, getting back to when you were you were interning and you had started to do a little porn on the side when you first mm. moved out here. How did you feel going back to the desk job after you'd go do a scene and make all this money and yeah. do this crazy shit? Well, I wasn't making a lot of money, uh, but I hated it. I hated going back because, you know, as an intern, you don't do anything. No. <laughs> you know, so it was kind of just, um, what's the word, uh, disenchanting. Disenfran- no, disenchanting. You were disenchanted. Yeah, yeah. I was disenchanted. Yes, yes, yes. Because... Yes. I had this illusion of like, oh, I can, you know, submit my screenplays and maybe, who knows, maybe they'll they'll buy it and, and they'll make a movie of mm-hmm. my words and maybe they would hire me full time for one position or another. But mm-hmm. I was just, you know, I was, I was making it's copies. It's like throwaway. I was organizing yeah. the storage room. I was answering phone calls and just forwarding calls to other people. So do you think uh, that you had that kind of itch inside for a little bit of fame and glory that you realized would not be satisfied with this um, internship and this job? Yeah, not so much fame and glory, but just like the magic of it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so before I came to L.A., I was always making short films and I was writing with my friends. So we already had this idea of, you know, we're filmmakers, and and we can do this ourselves. We don't need anyone to tell us yes or no. We can just get together. You know, I'll write it. You'll act in it. You'll shoot it. You'll edit it. And it'll be great. And we did that for years. So that was, like, really magical for me. You know, totally. growing up. Like, that's what I wanted to do. I think, like, anyone that's really magnetized to L.A., we all have, like, that little itch for just the... We have, we're starry-eyed. We, yeah, we, we want to shoot for our we dreams. We want to have fun. But I think I relate to you in that when I, like, dipped my toe into stripping and you to porn. It's like, whoa, this is fucking, like, all that little, like, movie magic. I guess, I don't mm-hmm. know, there's something about L.A. that's, like, really magical. But the sex work field gave me this rush, you know? Yeah. I wasn't on TV yet, also, it kind of siphoned me into, like, the Playboy job and other cool shit. Right, yeah, you wouldn't have had that 
without so it was without super intoxicating and i know mm-hmm. you're in your book um i feel like the essence of it as it get, goes on it, it kind of gets into the drug scene and the darkness that ex- ensues um which definitely happened for me mm. um actually, it's real i mean la it is it's so you know, drugs are so accessible here yeah yeah and they love I say they, you know, like the, the, <laughs> the, the evil they. The but Illuminati, like, what are we It's talking? a city that definitely preys on younger, naive individuals. Oh, yes. And if if you're like yes. willing to to go party and kind of just be on va- a permanent vacation, then you're going to be fucked up. You're going to learn the hard way that, oh, yeah. you know, this isn't really a town that you can just be on permanent vacation in. No, uh, it's it's that's what I see. There's a, a really harsh reality to it. Totally. I see so many people move here, including myself, and then like try a little bit of coke, try a little bit of ecstasy, be like, actually, this shit's not that bad. This shit is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But it quickly goes down. Well, for me, a dark hole that led to much scarier situations. Um, You talked about that in your book. I remember you tried cocaine for the first time with like these guys that worked in porn with you. Um, what did you feel like when you were first trying drugs and first doing porn? Uh, well, really, the first thing I did was uh, psychedelics. Me too. You know, I mean, I smoked Me weed too. before moving to LA, but totally. then that really compounded once I got to LA, and mm. I never really had a problem with weed. But um, yeah, uh, I, I met a few people in porn, and the first time I hung out with them, they wanted to trip on mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> and I had done it once before, Gosh. and it was horrific. It was the scariest experience of my life up until that point. Uh, because I was all, I mean, I wasn't alone, but I was the only one tripping. So everyone around oh me was just looking at me like, you know, what's wrong with you? That's the worst. And I'm like, I'm freaking out. Please, I need That's help. Someone worst. help me. And I just, I couldn't get a grip on it. But uh, I remember one time I took mushrooms with a girlfriend in my college town. And I was like, you got to drive the car. You're less high than me. And she kept trying to insert. She was on too? Yeah, but mm-hmm. they, she hadn't, they hadn't hit yet. So she was trying to insert my bike lock key in the, into the, and I'm like why aren't you starting the car and like I'm like we shouldn't be operating a motor vehicle yeah it's a bad sign that's a terrible situation but it was like in our college town it's a, it was the middle of fucking nowhere like mm. in LA you're doing drugs and you're ending up in orgies or whatever like it's it's crazy out here like shit gets real yeah, I unfortunately I've never ended up in drug fueled orgies that <laughs> oh was that was my what? that was my fantasy with doing it how you am know? I or have gone farther in that like what, I, what I was hoping is that <laughs> it would lead to like I mean yeah I've, I've had wild sex on psychedelics but never like giant group activity and also and, organically and like, like it comes together yeah that, that never happened i mean Damn. the people i hung out with they were really into uh poi what you know poi Mm-mm. um let me think uh okay well it's like it's like a dance form like spinning poi you've probably seen it happen at any rave you've been to any music festival or and i've been to a lot so i'm sure i've seen or it. even you know on venice there's like a small group on venice beach and they'll get together like every sunday and then there'll be people with like a, a staff that they'll kind of spin around got you or got you you that burner have... shit. Yeah, yeah. A lot exactly. of my friends it's, it's are all, It's all burner stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So they were really into that. So when every, anytime we would do psychedelics, it would always end up with me just like staring at them as they spun fire or LED poi, and I would just kind of be mesmerized. But it never really went anywhere 
and to like <laughs> too the exciting. Realm. No, it's yeah, just, I mean, you it's were in my head most of the time. Exactly. In your book, you were talking about how you'd always like do these psychedelics with this couple, and then they would fight and throw shit. Yeah, that's exactly. horrifying. That's like such a bad trip. But it seems like with the progression of your story that things just got darker and darker. Like you talk about um, meeting a girl, a, a porn star, and she was super sweet, but you watched her go into the darkness of hard drugs. Yeah. Do yeah. you think, do you see much of that in the industry? Or? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't say it's, you know, unanimous with porn, but it exists just like it exists in any other facet of entertainment. You know, it's not just porn, but we, we have girls who come in who are, they're 18, they're young, they barely graduated right. high school, and for some reason they decided to do this because they thought they would get rich quickly, which it won't happen. There's no money no. in porn. Oh my God, I, that's one of happen. my questions for you because I keep saying this over and over to coworkers. Mm-hmm. I had um, a, co- a coworker on the podcast last week, um, Breezy, and I, I've been saying this, there's no more money in the sex industry no, because there's no more, it's, it's saturated. Like there aren't any more jobs. Like a lot of us have college degrees, mm-hmm. you know, there aren't any more fucking jobs and we want to just be comfortable. I mean, I worked in restaurants forever and was scraping by, scraping by, scraping yeah. by. And I'm like, you I just really want to be like- Okay, but the money's even gone down in the last two and a half years I've been dancing. Yeah. Every dancer who's been doing it for a long time has said forever that it's been it's a, a decline. constant decline. And I was talking to a male, an ex-male porn star the other day, and he's like, yeah, there's no money in that either. That's the thing is like, mm-hmm. it's just, it seems like it's just another field of work that yeah. you just got to enjoy the work. And I enjoy what I do. It seems like you do as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's where the joy lies. Because if you're doing it to get rich, like I said, it's never going to happen. It's and not. you're going to hate Mm-mm. every day of mm-hmm. work. And you're mm-hmm. it, it's going to be absolutely pointless. Like, yeah, I, I love it. So I'm okay doing it and not being incredibly rich and famous and like you know financially secure it's a job it's so a job it's just something every, every that we're gig good I at book i have to work otherwise all right now i need to come up with a plan b because i'm gonna fall behind on certain things totally like mm-hmm. i thought that i would just be well even like two and a half years ago when i started that i'd always be making the money i made then i don't anymore exactly i don't yeah. anymore um and no one is i've talked to so many strippers but porn too and that's the thing is like there's no more fucking jobs like this. The sex industry is getting more saturated. And it's like that. It's just another field that people are going to have to get comfortable with because yeah. that's what we're having to not having to do. But, you know, like, there's... I mean, it's my life. So I, I have to do it, you know. Yeah. I'm doing it for six years. You know, I did it straight out of college. It's kind of all I've known since college. In your adult it's years. It's been my first, quote unquote, real job. Right. So yeah. what am I supposed to do other than that? Yeah. <laughs> I have to do it. I, I know. Until uh, my body either shuts down mm-hmm. or until a new opportunity arises, until I get a million dollar check for this book, which will never come, Dude. I have to keep working. Me too. I have to keep shooting scenes. Me too. And I've been and looking, I've been asking around about real jobs because there's just not that much money in it anymore. But in researching other jobs I could work in, I've just like grown more appreciation for my job. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. I have huge work flexibility. Like I can do yeah. all the writing, editing, reading, like all the shit I moved out here for stand up performing that I wanted to do. Like mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm doing all of that shit. But if I worked a nine to five, like there's just no fucking way. Yeah, no, it gives you unlimited freedom. And that's the, that's one of the sacrifices you make. What you are know, some of your favorite things about it? Uh, the sex. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that is my job, you know? So if I if I didn't like sex, I would be in the wrong industry. Um mm-hmm. 
And I, I guess growing up being a huge fan of porn, what really interested me is kind of the like the unlimited amount of new partners. You know, sex with a stranger is really fun for me. And not mm-hmm. like a stranger, like someone I'd meet at a at a party or something, because mm-hmm. I don't do that. I don't I don't meet women and, and take them home because that's just a can of worms. But like Interesting. In porn, okay, we're two professionals. Mm-hmm. We're here because we both love sex. We're mm-hmm. both tested. We mm-hmm. have this free this free opportunity for the next forty five minutes to really explore each other and you know, get weird and have fun. Mm-hmm. And once we're done, we hug each other and we go our separate ways. And yeah. that is one thing that really interested me. Like, like money totally. aside, I didn't get in this business for money. I got in this business because I just wanted that freedom to have, you know, each day, not fall in love with someone, but just have a mm-hmm. really explosive, cathartic mm-hmm. sex. And then... Okay. Now, I feel like now it's out of my system. Now I can kind of be just a regular person. Right. Like I think like I've always been hypersexual. I'm a Scorpio. It goes with it goes okay. with the sign. <laughs> yeah. But I am. And I got when I got into dancing, I was really scared. I'm like, oh, no one will ever love me again. I'll never get into a relationship. Like my family's yeah. gonna disown me. People are gonna judge me. I was really scared, but I have this sexuality and I have this sensuality, moreover, like I was giving lap dances to a guy last night and I love when this happens when they just like he just like closed his eyes um, and and he's just taking me in and my movement is so sensual like I've always been a dancer and I can feel I just I have like an awareness of my body I can feel it like I I have a lot to give and I feel like I'm giving kind of a massage with like a sensual massage and I feel like they're getting so much out of it and I'm getting so much out of it like it just feels cathartic Mm -hmm. it really truly does and I think people don't understand like that's just like it's rewarding yeah Um, I 100% agree also with the uh, initial thoughts of no one's gonna love me my parents are going to disown me I'm embarrassing my friends this and that but all of that went away you know Mm -hmm. like my parents still love me my friends still love me. Right. I yes. fell in love. So, dude, I'm on like the these, same. I can check off yeah, all those boxes like, too. But did you have these fears though? Initially, of course. Oh my god, wait. I mean, for a long time, I did. Yeah. Because you wrote all about this girl, Allie, when mm. you moved to LA. You had been dating her back in Pennsylvania, and you guys were gonna stick together through the porn stuff, but it inevitably didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't didn't work out. But that was naivety on both of our parts. Because Absolutely, yeah. After, you were young. A, after being in porn for so many years, that is a common story. There's I'm so sure. many people who come in like, oh, you know, oh my my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my partner, they're they're cool with me doing it, but you know, they don't want to participate and then two months later it's like, oh yeah, we it's we done. broke up because they couldn't handle it. Or, yeah. Did or, that scare you when you guys broke up or were you kind of soothed by the excitement of all this anonymous, not anonymous, but quick sex? Yeah, uh, a little bit of both. Of course, it was devastating because she was my first love. Totally. And um, I will say in the book, that is one of the things where the timeline is skewed. I was with her for almost two and a half years oh. before I got into porn. Oh, I didn't know that at yeah. all. Um, so in the book, it seems like it's it's very, quick. very quick, but uh, that's just for storytelling. Um, but yeah, we were together for a, quite a while. You know, I had a relationship mm-hmm. with her family. She knew my family, and it was. I like if I had stayed home and didn't do this, I could have seen us getting married. Mm-hmm. It was like that serious. But I told her I wanted to do this, and you know, she got over it. She was okay with me doing it. I started doing it. It was still okay, and then 
you know, little things kind of just got away yeah, from us and totally. the distance was hard enough as it is. Oh, distance let alone, will kill a relationship in and of itself. Yeah, let alone me having sex with five different women per week, mm-hmm. you know, like you just can't you can't handle it. it I know. It was, it People was no intellectually want to, but they can't. And that's why I'm happy I fucking met my partner after I was like in the zone of stripping like this mm-hmm. is this is what I do. I'm proud of it. Yeah. Like you said, like my friends, like people aren't passing judgment on me. They're seeing how happy I am. You know, my family's come around to it as, as well as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in a great relationship. But that's just all inner work because I yeah. was latching on to that judgment of others for a while. And I was taking that in. I was like, Ugh, this is just like taking the stigma as my own when it's not dude right. like we have yeah, we, like, we should be proud of what we do we're happy and we shouldn't hide a lot of people aren't happy in their jobs absolutely and and it's the freedom outside of work that is that makes me happiest me too and me I, too yeah, like, i know you feel the same way yeah there's hit and miss nights nights where i'm like oh this shit's so old and nights where i'm like i'm the fucking star this rocks but <laughs> yeah of course but like, of course I, I completely agree with you in my off hours i'm reading writing editing performing i'm doing all the things i love and that makes me feel fulfilled exactly uh, which you couldn't do otherwise oh not at all um so yeah let's take a little break and i have more questions for you afterwards okay rod What's up? It's Casey Coop here with Logan Pierce at Meltdown Comics. The address is 7522 Sunset Boulevard, who blesses us with their studio every week. And it's just a beautiful mecca of comics. Come on down. I want to thank my producer, Mason Booker, really quick, because he's always doing the dirty work for me. And we have someone else doing the dirty work today. Um, that is uh, porn star Logan Pierce. Um, kid- Hello. I want to talk for hours and hours with you because I could go on for days. But let's just start with, hey, what's your relationship with Viagra like that was something interesting in the book mm-hmm. um let's see I guess a love-hate relationship <laughs> if you will <laughs> okay. I don't know I mean nowadays a necessary evil yeah nowadays it's it's not a thing but back back when I was first starting and this is pretty common for for I guess anybody who's ever used this you go overboard you don't know the proper oh dosage for really? you really yeah so so you just have a hard on for days. Well, no, no, that's the thing. It doesn't actually the blood more more so concentrates in your brain and it just pulses. Whoa. Pulses like you've never felt before. <laughs> I, I've had days where I would come home and I would just lie on the couch and almost start crying because like my head was pounding Oof. and I couldn't relax. I couldn't see straight. It was it was hell. Wow. Yeah, because I know in the book you kicked off using it after a humiliating instance mm-hmm. where yeah. you got soft during a scene. I think the girl no, was... No, I never got hard. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's you could never happened. get up. Yeah, Fuck. No, was... Did you find out that most porn stars were using Viagra at the time? Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's exact, how you found out. That was the first thing I learned. Like, I, I, I called my agent. 
you know, I was like, I don't know what happened. Like, this is terrible. Uh, what's going to happen with with my career? You know, <laughs> it's over. Like, it's exactly. All over. My like, dick's oh my broken. god, am I going to have to pay everyone for their time now? Like, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, you know, it's whatever. It's normal. It happens to everyone. So, you know what you have to do. Now you have to take a pill. Now you have to meditate. You have to artificially stimulate yourself mm-hmm. to make sure this never happens because the job isn't about pleasure. You know, I make it about pleasure now. Now it's fun for me. But at the end of the day, it's about two bodies having sex. It doesn't matter if we in, if we like each other, if I'm having fun, if she's having fun. But it has to look like you're fucking having exactly. fun. Exactly. It has to look like it. So we're just selling an illusion. Totally. So That makes sense. Does it matter if I'm naturally stimulated? No. All that matters is I get a heart on. <laughs> and I, you bust. <laughs> I, I open up to the camera and I come on command. Yeah, before My you... My only responsibilities... You know, before you got here, Mason and I were talking outside about how we we know some porn stars and I always hear that it's about the positioning toward the camera. So while it's a good time, it's still you're putting on a goddamn show. Yeah. You have to open up to camera. You have to make it. The angles look good. Mm -hmm. You know, I imagine like you have to think about what your face is doing at the time. Not my face. No, no. It's always so much more on the girl's face, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. So you're kind of like the prop. Do you feel like a prop sometimes to the to the female porn star? I wish I felt more like a prop sometimes really? because I will say a lot of the times I'm doing all of the work. Oh. I'm doing everything. Someone said this once and I really I really liked what they said. Uh, his name is Tommy Dunn. He's also a male performer. But we were talking one day and he made it very clear that the men in this business, we are the male cheerleaders. Oh. We, are made, we are here to make sure the women look good. Mm. It's not about us. We are not the stars of the show. The women are the stars. So we have to do our mm-hmm. best behind them to make sure that they're positioned right. They're opened up. That's... That their body isn't, you know, they're not bending into themselves. And yes. their hair isn't a mess. That's you know, something we, that we I actually... We have to be conscious about the way they look. I love that about the sex field. I feel like with the sex field, the focus is on the woman. And while the normal folk would say that's degrading... I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think like you within that comparison you made to cheerleaders, it's like, well, in real life, it's always the cheerleaders that are girls cheering on the dudes who are actually playing the game. But in sex world, it's like yeah. we're the goddesses, we're the stars, and you guys are kind of you're holding us up, and that's fucking Absolutely. amazing to me. In the strip club, all the guys walk in fucking scared. I don't. The only guys who aren't scared are the you know the regular bar flies that are just always there that are the homies. But most guys that come in are scared shitless. They're like, of course. Last night at work was like a middle school dancer on the other side of the room like like in their clicks and when you try to approach them uh-huh. they protect each other they're like uh, uh, they like cr- they like block you out because they no, have their I, guy friends it's I, so I funny I, I i i'm i've only been to maybe like five strip clubs in my life so i still don't know i mean i know proper protocol but i mm-hmm. i walk in and i still feel like okay <laughs> this isn't my domain okay, yep i feel and it's it's odd now with my profession because i'll walk right. in and they'll try to give me like the spiel and, <laughs> and promise me like oh you know you're you know blah 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 like i the, the idea at least for my friends when they would go is they would hope that they might hook up with the stripper by the end of the night right like there is like, i no, think that's there's a that. fantasy that is the fantasy they yep. are they're not there to be attainable but we're setting up a fantasy. Happy. It's like we're playing a game. Yeah. Yeah. I always say this that like 
when guys come thinking they can hook up with us, it's like playing the game Monopoly and think you're going to cash out in real dollars afterwards. It's a fucking <laughs> game. It's a fucking illusion. It's a fantasy. Yeah. And while the occasional stripper will, will hook up with the occasional guy, that's not really a thing. It's such a mm-hmm. low percentage and a one-off shot. And let me say that when I started stripping and I was still in my fucking sex addiction and I was hooking up with guys from work, all the hookups were awkward as fuck for me and the guy. The guy was like almost disappointed that I, that I gave in. And I was just really? disappointed that he wouldn't love me because I was a fucking hot rat. And that was where I was at mentally. Wow. So it wasn't fun. I don't think that, I mean, yeah, some people meet their boyfriends at the strip club. It's just such a low percentage. Yeah, it could happen. Same thing in porn, you know. You you hook up with a lot of your co-stars and mm-hmm. generally leads nowhere. But, but sometimes you do fall in love. There like are any a lot workplace. of married couples in porn. Right. Yeah, oh, exactly. cool. Yeah, you are dating someone right now. Can you talk about your current relationship? Yeah, another uh, performer. Her name's cool. Kristen Scott. We met last year. Uh, I mean, we met on set, so our first interaction was having sex. And this is always something <laughs> I found so really. Awesome. I found this what? really interesting about porn that I, I've I've learned over the years is you can have sex with just about anyone. You know, you can you can put on the act. You can find something to turn you on about somebody else. So you can get sex out of the way quickly. You meet someone. Mm-hmm. You have a great scene. Generally, it leads nowhere, but. Now you have to actually be a, a person, a really good person, an interesting, quality person to get their attention. It's right. not just like in the real world. Sex it's, is like the first your thing handshake. you do is like, okay, I'm going to put on this act, and then maybe I'll get laid, and then oh, maybe we'll get together. It's so reverse. It's yes. the reverse. Yeah. So we have sex first, <laughs> and then now it's like. Oh hey, it's nice to meet you. That's you know? the handshake. Exactly. It's like yeah. okay, we we met each other's bodies. Now what's what's beneath? Yeah. It's almost uh-huh. more exciting. Yeah. What's what's in your mind? Yeah. And so wow. we, we, we had a, a scene together. It was phenomenal, and then and she's so cute, and you are too. And I look at your pictures. Oh, yeah, I'm like, right. oh, they're so goddamn cute. <laughs> yeah, and we we talked intermittently for the next month or so, but we didn't see each other until the new year. Uh, January, I took her to my favorite theater, the Vista Theater. We saw cool. La La Land. You know, it was. Oh my god, it's like the perfect Hollywood it was, romance. It was crazy, yeah. <laughs> Between two porn performers. It was. It was really bizarre. And you know, like I asked her out a couple times, and the first time didn't work out. Okay, second time didn't work out. So now I was like, all right, well, do I try again? third time. You don't want to be weird. And it almost fell apart. It was almost like, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to make the drive, because she lives in San Diego. She's like, I don't know if I want to make the drive Shit. up. Um, you know, maybe, I, I mean, I forget exactly what happened, but I knew in the moment it was like, okay, chances are this might not happen. A third a third strikeout, then what do you do after that? Yeah, it's done. But it was great. Conversation was, was perfect. The movie... I mean, <laughs> I haven't like, seen I, it. I haven't seen it since. I don't want to see it since because, like, I just remember being really enchanted and having her by my side, you know, in my favorite theater. It was like the perfect oh first date. Oh my God, this is too and, precious. And then we just dated shortly after that, cool. we made it official in like March. So, so, I mean, in the book, you talk about listening to a prior girlfriend in the industry film a scene with James Dean down the hall you were hearing her moans get getting fucked by him and it actually did hurt you what kind of emotional boundaries do you have with your current lover what how does that work Hmm. well I only felt bad then because I was still naive to everything totally you know and it's different as you go along yeah and, and and it took a few years in this business to get comfortable with 
like my partner also enjoying sex with somebody else, you know, oh. up until that point, it was like, no, this is my thing. You're supposed to be cool with me doing it, but I don't want you to do it. <laughs> I know. That's so you like, I, I totally relate to that, by the way. I'm yeah. like so insecure, but then I'm like, you have to be comfortable with me giving lap dances to strangers. <laughs> like, yeah. So what? it was just like a lot of me getting over myself and getting totally. out of my head and, you know, just not thinking so selfishly. Yeah, becoming um, kind of self-aware, like growing the fuck up. It's it's hard, yeah. but I think the sex field does push us to do that because whatever jealousies we have, we can't be hypocritical about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it forces you to confront things, forces you to be open, and you can't, you have to be transparent. You, and, that's, and that's a really big thing for us is that, I mean, I guess I have trouble emotionally. And porn, I will say, is part of that reason is because for six, well, five and some change years of my life in porn, I was a single bachelor. So oh, yeah. I was I was all about hooking up. Hooking up. That's what you talked about. Only in the, in the in industry. The you know, I've only had sex since getting into porn with like three people outside the industry. Um, oh. Just because I didn't want to bring my burden to anyone else and I didn't want to have to possibly scare somebody, you yeah. know, who oh. isn't completely open and forward and advanced i guess sexually mm-hmm. because what we're doing is we're we're like we're we're fucking on camera we're putting on a show it is it is you know it's it, i mean it doesn't take a lot of talent i guess but we're but deviants we're totally we're different it's to- just the, I, way, that- the way i have sex is very different than I would say the way that my friends might have sex with their partners. Absolutely. And I know that probably it would be hard for people outside of the industry to understand that like you guys actually get tested for STIs every two weeks, is it? It's, re- yeah, it's a requirement, days, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure that's scary too for like other people. They're they're confused as to how that's regulated and how it works. Yeah. Um, you talked about how you got your first STI in the industry and it scared the shit out of you, but it was kind of like, hey, this is this is going to be a part of it. Like, it happens exactly. sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's just an occupational hazard. Totally, it's but it's reality. treatable and you're mm-hmm. getting tested all the time. For now, I don't know if you read the news recently, but apparently gonorrhea is now untreatable. What do you mean? It, was just, it not I, that's, before? That's what I read. It's untreatable. Really? It, uh, is this new, like a new strain of it? Yeah, like a super what? strain. But God damn. Well, the world's yeah, so, ending. We'll so, get blown yeah, up before our but, genitalia ceases to work. It's, it's one of those things where I, like it, while we're tested and while that should be uh, like a, not a shield, but everyone in porn should be professional. Not everybody is professional. And people do dabble outside the talent pool and people bring in things. People get sick a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been sick. I mentioned it one time in there, but in my first year, I, I would probably got sick almost, I would say almost 10 times. Yeah, because you're swapping all these bodily fluids. Mm-hmm. And I personally, like, I just have a shit immune system. And being around so many people at work, like, you're up close and personal, you know? Yeah. You're breathing each yeah. other's air. It's, I mean, it is. It's, it's a lot. It's very, very easy to get sick. But going back to what you said about how, you know, some people in the industry have a drug problem or... You know, sometimes you get an STI and these are the these are like the dark stigmas attached to doing porn. It's like what you said earlier, like every job has its hazards. And there's also like people in the, the office place who are cheating on their spouses with each other. And there's people who have secret 
I mean, I know people who have secret heroin addictions and they have desk jobs. You know what I mean? Like you'd never fucking know. Wow. It, 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 it's very real. Yeah. And you just don't know because people can hide it. And that's just a thing. Like every workplace has hazards. People are human across the board. Yeah. But I think like the sex field, people think it's every single person. Exactly. We wouldn't be doing it otherwise. Yeah. You have to be drug addled to, <laughs> to do it. To do it, to enjoy sex. You have to be severely sex. damaged to have ever even thought about doing this job. Totally. Um, How did it, I know we touched on it earlier, but there was a part of the book toward the end that really hit my soul where you talked about your mom kind of just sweetly being like, honey, you can move home. Like, we just want you to be safe. And I was like, oh my God, I totally relate to this. <laughs> yeah, How do your yeah. parents um, respond to you being a performer? And what's your family like about that? Well, we don't really talk about the specifics so much. No. Um, you know, the day to day or anything, <laughs> nothing like that. Uh, my mom is a nurse and, and she's been an HIV specialist for a very long time. Oh my God. She's probably scared shitless. Yeah. So she's, I mean, even before I got into porn, she was always very open with me about like, if you're going to have sex, you got to do these things. You got to be safe, you know, make sure you have condoms. She'd bring home condoms for me. All wow. the time, I'd be like 15 years old, and there'd wow. be a stack of condoms. Which is funny that, that it was a Catholic me. household, but she's like, "Well, just yeah, wear the condom." Like, I was raised Catholic, and through my childhood, we went to church less and less. Us too. We kind of quit when I was like 13. Yeah, like I, I had my confirmation, and then I they never forced me back to church again. It's so right. I never okay. went. It's like okay, now you're going to heaven. Good. Exactly. We're so done. we were always very liberal, but cool. there is still, you know, like my mom prays a lot. Still, oh yeah, you still said do, she like, said these, she these prays Catholic for undertones you. of things, and they and they still go to church for holidays like Easter and Christmas and everything. Um, but they've always been open minded. That's and, rad. And you said that they went to the AVN awards with you. Yeah, I brought, I brought them to AVN my That's first year because I was nominated. And this is after obviously they found out what I was doing, and you know we had a long discussion on it, and it was just like if, if I'm going to do it. I want them to at least be comfortable with me doing it. You know, they don't have to ask questions. We don't have yes. to have discussions. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to send them pictures from set or no. anything. <laughs> in, they can have in their mind what my day job is like, but I wanted to at least introduce them to the world and say, you know, I'm proud to be here and I hope you're proud of me. That's so beautiful. And my parents have, I wouldn't say they've come around to it. They just don't say as much against my dancing anymore. Uh, I mean, I understand as a parent, you're probably scared shitless. And I think yeah. there's this mar on parenting. Like there's this weird standard that's like, if your kid ends up stripping or whatever, you're a fucking failure. Yeah, and that's yeah. not the case. Like I have so many achievements and I always overachieved in fucking everything I did. I just like happened to be really good at this job and it lets me pursue my real goals. Yeah. But I think to them, they're it makes them feel like to the other relatives that they're looked down upon or something. Yeah, that's another thing that worried me. But um, I will say that my family is very small. All of uh, my grandparents have pretty much passed away because I, I, they would never have understood. You know. Oh, no, they're from you, such you a different you time them period. that what you're doing is okay. No. Um, <laughs> they, they passed away long before I got into it. All so right. I was like, okay, I just need to convince my parents and my brother and sister-in-law, they're cool with it. Rad. Once again, we don't really talk much about it. No, I'm but... never going to go into detail, but sometimes I'll just say, oh, I have to go to work. I was working, or mm -hmm. work was good, or work was bad, and that's about exactly. it. Exactly. I'll call them and say, oh, yeah, I'm on my way home from work. You know, 
blah, blah, blah. And they know what that means. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you the hot shot question of this podcast. It is, what does being free mean to you? Being free. Oh, boy. I know. It's a big question. God. Uh... <laughs> but you're you're living like so true to yourself. Uh... You'll, you'll, you'll have an answer. I'm sure you will. Yeah, maybe I should think about it because I... I mean, I have a lot of different answers, but they're all kind of topical. You know, I, I, I would like to have a... <laughs> You're like, I want to see something pointy here. A proper answer. You can just free. say whatever fuck you want. I don't know. I just like being able to express yourself without fear of judgment. Like, okay, just living fearlessly. Because I've made a lot of decisions in my life based on fear. Oh, God, me too. You know? And it's the worst. And I see a lot of people who are... They just don't have fear. They're able to... And not not embarrass themselves, but they're just comfortable with making a fool out of themselves, Ugh. and and they don't care what people think. They don't care, you know, if people point the finger at them. And once they're done doing what they're doing, they're just back to being like who they are, and like that's just part of them. And that's that's something that I wish I could express more of. Do you think that doing scenes has helped you open up in that way, and like be be just? I think you talked about it in the book. Mm-hmm. It's like. If you can't laugh at yourself, if you can't humiliate yourself and have fun with it, like, what's the point of living or something like that? Yeah, 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 exactly. Something very similar to that. I'm um, paraphrasing. I like the way you said it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, dress, yeah I dress things up. Of, of course. I mean, I I don't have the luxury of being closed off anymore. There you go. Because there you now go. I guess I am, in a lot of ways, a public figure mm-hmm. and... You know, my my sex life is out there. My dirty business is out there. The book is out there. So, like, I, I'm trying to open up more. And You seem like you are. I mean, six years of shooting, I'm sure, has, like, opened you up on some level. Yeah, at least in terms of my sexuality and... And my, yeah. my day to day, like I, I have no qualms talking to people about about sex in general. Like I'll have plenty of friends who confide to me because of of what I do. Me too. People know? feel like they can. Well, in the same way that strangers ask invasive questions, I think other closer people to me definitely confide in me and try to like ask questions about their relationship. And I love that part. That yeah, part feels yeah. very like intimate to me. And I have the same thing where I have intimacy issues. So I'm just trying to like go deeper within myself mm-hmm. and I like connecting with people on a deeper level. Cause like I can talk sex all day, but I like when people come to me with like their problems, even like their problems with their partner or sexual problems and like think that I could be of some help in that regard. Absolutely. No, I, I enjoy that as well. So what's your favorite kind of porn to shoot? What's your oh, favorite? Man, favorite kind of porn. Let's just go what? there. Uh, oh, I'm curious to know <laughs> Tell what, me. what what types of porn are there? Oh from, god. From an outsider's perspective, although you're you're <laughs> you're kind of one foot in, one foot out. I guess like, as a as a viewer. What a, yeah, what is a type of porn? Oh god. Like uh for me, my favorite is watching like schoolgirl and teacher or like maid with boss or like stepdaughter with daddy. Okay, like wow. like yeah. all the like submissive girl dominant dude. Although I think I've watched and played out so much of that that it's getting old and I'm I'm starting to like lean toward being a dom a little bit. Just because I've done <laughs> yeah, sub yeah. for so fucking long. It comes with just experience. You, you just know. like get bored of one thing. Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. I'm sure you've like played in so many t- yeah, like categories. I don't know. If I I don't know. Really say what my favorite is, but I will say I am burnt out on 
incest or or faux yes. as as we call it in porn because that is like <laughs> that's the hot for the thing last right like now. couple years that oh, yeah. has been every day it's like all right uh-huh. you're her stepbrother oh you're her stepson <laughs> oh you're her her stepdad i've watched you know, so much I'll, of that porn like I'll, I'll show up and like the girl's older than me and i'm her stepdad it's like what, <laughs> so what is stupid. this you know exactly and it, it is it's nonsensical it's fucking bullshit you probably these plots just... are so annoying yeah well and, you... and we all complain we're all so oh really aware and open about how stupid these storylines are <laughs> you know we're like just just put two sexy people together let them have sex why 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 does it have to be a, a boss who caught his <laughs> nanny stealing money why does it have to be a stepfather who caught his stepdaughter skipping school why, why i don't know because be... those of us at home are like bored as fuck and we need something just twisted a little bit but to you guys I mean, it's not twisted it's just boring yeah yeah i mean sometimes i've had plenty of days where i've said i'm not fucking doing that yeah there's you know, I've, I've said no to so many projects because i read the script and i was like this is a joke this is embarrassing. really yeah. embarrassing you, you should be ashamed of yourself yeah i'm and I would, sure i would not step foot on that set but most days and so far as dialogue goes i'll be rolling my eyes at the script god i imagine Um, well you just got nominated for best actor avn so well that's that's another story altogether because that's by a uh a writer director jackie st james one of the most prominent prolific uh female pornographers today and uh she she's not part of that eye-rolling crowd oh you know so it's she actually like puts a lot of time and effort in, into what she creates porn. yeah yeah and you know i don't know the bridge between like art and porn but uh, there's the, gotta be like they can't all be just like hacky like i'm the pizza guy like you know what yeah 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 so her, her storylines are, are really great and i always love working with her and actually recently i saw this documentary you may have seen it called voyeur no on I, netflix i don't know um what is it God, I can't remember his name, but this guy who owned a motel, he installed a little viewing area so he could spy on his tenants and generally did it to watch them have sex, but ended up, you know, almost analyzing them. Anyway, the movie that I'm nominated for, I I haven't asked Jackie this, but I am convinced that she was heavily inspired by the New Yorker article about this guy because that film is the same storyline. Like, I play... Um, a landlord who has outfitted this like mansion oh, with, with cameras oh, and totally he watches bald. all of his tenants. They're kind of like Airbnbs. He watches all of his tenants and he loves analyzing them. He loves watching them have sex and he ends up falling in love with one of them. Whoa, that's um, rad. This girl's rad with storytelling. Yeah, yeah. So it's it was great then doing it, but now it's taking on a new form with this newfound information. I'm like, I wonder oh, if... Oh, like it's pulled from real it, life. Because it was a uh, an article that turned into a book that turned into a film. Whoa! So, I want to see it. Yeah, I'm I'm convinced that she read this article and she was heavily inspired by it. That's At least so I hope cool. So. That's cool to hear about porn that's actually like well acted and well written. Yeah, I mean there there is a a, sec- a sect of porn that is very beautiful. Did you, know, you talk and, about that in your book, or was that? Briefly, I talked about glamcore. Yeah, and yeah, I'd say glamcore would probably still be the apt term for it. Um, yeah, it's just like I, you I mean, talked th- about th- the- thinking about it now. Actually, no, no, the stuff that I did in the book, I wouldn't put on the same level. Like what's happening now is there is uh, and female empowerment. You know, mm-hmm. there's this movement of women 
in porn. Female who, pornographers. Yeah, who yes. who are taking it back and who are saying, like, mm-hmm. we enjoy this. This is our lives. We love sex, and we're going to do it the right way. And the stuff they're producing, like Erica Lust, Jackie St. James, they're just on a different level. And I believe it's, you. It's not, I actually have about... heard, I read up a little bit about this, like mm-hmm. the kind of feminist porn coming through. That makes me so happy. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fucking phenomenal. That's like, so really cool to great. hear about. Um, so I guess a quick question to close out. Do you get recognized in public? Are there weird, at the break you were talking about, a little bit of stalkers. What's that mm-hmm. like? Um, okay, well, I'll answer that one first. I mean, I've never had a stalker, but I've had plenty of people find my Instagram or Twitter and then they'll just go on like a rapid fire liking spree from day one to present and they like everything and they'll message me and they'll say a bunch of odd things like I love you so much you know I want to be with you will you please make love to me and you know I've never I'll get great messages sometimes where they'll say like I've never watched porn until I saw you and I I have a new appreciation for it because up until this point I thought it was just like you know, brainless men just pounding these these poor girls. But when I see you, you have like this like look in your eye where you actually care about them as a person, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, wow, that's great. I love that. I'll respond to them. Um, but then I'll just get the weird messages that are like, you know, show me your asshole. I want to fuck you. <laughs> and they, these are guys. I have a lot of gay fans. Wow. And they'll say like, please do gay porn. I want to. I want to suck your dick. So, so you bad. haven't done gay porn. No. No. no, okay. And that's also a, a reality that a lot of people misinterpret. They think that in order to get into straight porn as a you man, have you to have to do, do the porn. butt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've known a lot of people who went that route. Yeah. And unfortunately, the industry is very homophobic and, and very really? racist. Really? Yeah. So if, if you're discovered to have done gay porn, Whoa. people blacklist you. And it's what? really crazy. It blows my mind. That's crazy. Mo- mostly the people who are doing the blacklisting are the ones who are closet homosexuals or who have done gay porn and have now like... A lot of shame there. Yeah, exactly. They hate themselves so much. Whoa. They projected on all these other people who just wanted to enjoy themselves. I get that from a lot of ex-strippers who are um, like in their 40s and 50s, like mm-hmm. older women who find out about me. They... they I mean, I have a few rad ones that are like, oh, I did that for so many years until I couldn't anymore. And then I got this other job and it was fun. I got to travel. I had the money to travel and do all these things. But I get a lot of their shame because especially in the time when they were doing it, it was so not okay um, by society. It was before the fucking Internet. And it's like, I don't want to take on your shame that you have because I don't feel that anymore. That's not for me. I I don't want to feel that. I shouldn't have to feel that. Just, you know, your experience was different than mine. Totally. Exactly. Um. But to answer your oh, yeah, yeah. back Keep to the going. question, okay. So the public thing, I've been recognized a few times in public. Um, it's you. I mean, it's I think every time. Basically, every time it's been by a man. Um, <laughs> but most recently, I was out to breakfast with Kristen. We were in Hollywood, and we get our food. We're walking to the table. We sit down, and then this guy and his girlfriend come up, and he's like, "Hey, man, you, you do porn, don't you?" Oh my and I was like, god. Like, yeah. And he's like, dude, I want to do it too. How do I get in? Oh, God. And then his girlfriend was like, me too. I want to do it. How do I get in? And oh. they were like in their 40s, like not not attractive Whoa. at all. And we're just like, we just want to eat, eat an 
you know, and eating peas. Please, yeah. can you just like, God, like, leave us alone? That's so like, funny. I know people are always asking me how to get into stripping, and I just say, just audition. That's it. You just audition. Right. It's a much more complicated route to foreign, probably. I, email but. people. That's how I got in. That's how most people get in. You email photos, a little. A little uh, pitch about yourself, and you email them to the proper channels. I get I did emails all the time from people like, "Help me get into porn," and I say, "No, yeah, it's <laughs> not my job." Totally, you know, like do the dirty if work. If you can Google me, you can Google talent agencies. Mm-hmm. If you're on Twitter following me, you can follow talent. I think agencies. if you just want it's... something badly enough, you'll figure out how other people did it who are in your field. That's what that was me. I spent a couple years studying comedians when I was still in college. I'd mm-hmm. read all their autobiographies, the blogs, like everything, and just. Like followed all these comedians and saw yeah. how they got into comedy and you how they got the careers. Yeah, if you want it bad enough. So with that, we're gonna close out. This has been an amazing fucking talk. I loved every. Oh my god, you have so much to like, so much wisdom to share with the world. So everyone, please pick up a copy of Between the Sheets: Rise of a Working Stiff by J.R. Berlin. It's on Amazon, right? It's on Amazon, and uh, there's still a few signed copies left at whoislogan.com. Oh, cool. And so where can people find you online, find your stuff, follow you? Uh, My Twitter is at whoislogan. My Instagram is who underscore is underscore Logan, because someone already took whoislogan. Oh, fuck them. Um, And my website is whoislogan.com. And you won't find any porn there. You'll just find prose and poetry. And signed copies of the book. Just a renaissance man over here. I love it. Thanks for coming on. And I was Casey Coop. I'm still Casey Coop. And this is Casey's Freak Show. Bye.